because I was in Deadwood where you might say the ultimate jujitsu match happens every mm-hmm. day. The ultimate MMA fight and a few casual ones just if you're walking down the street and uh, wear a controversial T-shirt. They'll, you know about it. Which is It's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting way easier from outside the cage. I am Kevin. With me, of course, Raph Esparza. Raph, did you visit any historical places based on an HBO series this week? No, I haven't, um, though I think it's kind of hard to figure out if Hacks is a location or a people, mm-hmm. but uh, whatever that is, I'm very into that. Yeah, I've still been trying to find in treatment the therapist, but yeah, I went to Deadwood. It was effing awesome. There's a lot. It's just a more acceptable fight culture out there. Didn't see any jujitsu gyms. Will look harder next time. Raph, we should mm-hmm. probably just introduce. I mean, you mm-hmm. brought on... First of all, an East Coaster, which I always mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. Second, a, a, a pretty aggressive badass for this realm. We're doing fight predictions, and you brought you brought on a black belt? I, I had to because I don't know if people know this, but this is International Fight Week. So I needed a big guest, somebody who you can't push around, Kevin. Somebody who Found might him. also... <laughs> mm, <laughs> somebody who might also uh, have a little bit of experience uh, trash-talking in his history. Or, I don't know, even a fellow podcaster in the realm. So I figured with all of those things, we would welcome to the show for Verbal Tap for the very first time friend of the podcast one tim spriggs tim how are you doing sir i'm doing fantastic fellas how are you guys doing today very well now i notice on your instagram it is timothy michael spriggs and i realize do i need to say it with the hyphenation now or are we just still cool with being called tim spriggs uh, i'm cool with just being tim spriggs timothy michael is for close family members and friends only because if i hear the full pronunciation of my full name I think I'm in trouble. That's fair. And that's part of the reason why I was like, I don't think I am in that circle of closeness with you. However, you've always been friendly to us, and we do appreciate you coming on the show this week. How is everything going with BJJ Goons, sir? BJJ Goons is doing fantastic. Every week we get more and more subscribers and listeners. We have a Patreon as well. That's growing every single day. And... I'm just really excited for everything that we have in store for the fans. I can't wait to share more and more with everyone. Because, Kev, here's the thing. They just recently hit 100 episodes. And honestly, 108 I don't... is what they're mm-hmm. up to, if I'm to believe mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. red couch situation I'm seeing. And I like the one visual. Nine. I'm in. Yeah. Also, in one of their most recent clips, Tim was saying how it is you take out a Rotolo brother, which also tickled their fancy. So I'm very proud that... You basically are threatening the children to remind them we do know some weaknesses of them and we will not be afraid to expose it because we don't want to die. Yeah, F them kids, man. (laughs) (laughs) I just love the fact, though, so I mean this, though, in a certain way, which is honestly a lot of people put up podcasts, but – I feel like once you hit 100, you're in the club. You're in the exclusive club of, hey, listen, we're not just saying we're going to do a podcast. You know what it's like. I've seen you put out these episodes. I've seen you put out the content for the shareables. I've seen you do engagement with your fans. And God bless you. You're doing a Patreon. Our fans are too lazy. Wouldn't do it. But I love the fact that you are doing it because I think that professionals should be paid in that way. So kudos to you, sir. I appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. What, if I can ask, 
is the thing that you have learned the most in your time as a podcaster? Consistency is key. Uh, but when I first started, <clears throat> I first started a podcast a few years ago with DJ Jackson, mm -hmm. and we weren't very consistent. And then we started filming with this guy, Tony, and we are a little bit more consistent, but it didn't start until COVID happened where I was at a crossroads, whether I was just going to let BJJ goons die or give it one last chance so we could like make it grow. Mm -hmm. And I hit up Nico and she's very goal oriented and she's very organized. And ever since then, it's been every week and we've grown we said, hey, I'm a black belt. You should be showing techniques. So then we started doing techniques. And then we thought, man, we want to get paid. So mm -hmm. let's do a Patreon. Let's try to get sponsored. Let's try to get monetized on YouTube. And we've been grinding ever since. It's become it's become like its own thing. It's like it's a, it's, it's a, a brand in and of itself. It's no longer, oh, it's Tim Spriggs' thing. It's separate. It's BJJ Goons. And we built it. Hell yeah. I'm staring at a few headlines and I'm having to figure out which one I want to ask you about. There's one about 240 pounds of BJJ gear. And I thought that was maybe a dig at me when I'm overweight. <laughs> there was another one that said BJJ stars slash legalize it. And I have to hit there because it's coming up on 109. I am yeah. a Colorado native now. I'm not. I just live in Colorado. I use the word native because they use it. So it angers me. I live in Colorado favorable of the legalize it movement do you mind telling us about some recent is that what the recent episode is about absolutely we were talking about shakari richardson's suspension by i believe it's wada which was just ridiculous for those that are 30 day suspension for marijuana in a sprinting event which is just not a performance enhancing drug uh not at all and we compared it to just how there's arbitrary rules in all sports and how in jiu-jitsu, they still test for it and they treat it the same as if you were to do performance-enhancing drugs like steroids or whatever. I'd argue they same. treat THC a little rougher, eh? <laughs> Giving you the virtual elbow. It's, it yeah. seems like they turn their head. But it's, hey, Paulo Costa just got bigger. Shut up, everybody. You know? <laughs> yeah, you guys say they can train for 18 hours and not get tired. And just like you ask them why, and they just said, oh, just I eat a lot. <laughs> just I have a good diet. That's all. Oh, really? Oh, well, send that over. <laughs> I do make certain training partners that I don't believe are naturally gifted. Uh -huh. At this point now, because I'm like, guys, I'm too. I don't have time to be rolling with you if you're on super rides. Some of the kids now are that I know are talking about getting, uh, you know, some kind of replacement at the age of 25. And I go, shut it down. You haven't even broken your body yet. You have no idea what the fuck you're even talking about. So, yeah, that's uh, that's the reality that we're in. I would say this, though. Here's the weirdest part is that they're talking about this in a way that's like, man, how are we all saying the same things and yet it exists? Because that is the most baffling part of it. I feel like the overwhelming response to this issue was, why is that a thing? It's just hard to change that kind of stuff because of the bureaucracy. Mm -hmm. You know, the old guard has set it up where even if everyone knows it's right, they make it 
darn near impossible for real change to happen. I don't know if it's by design or just somebody's just like, well, I don't like it, so there. Mm-hmm. Because I think like at the end of the day, you can just press a button or just make a decision and just say unilaterally, we're not gonna test this anymore. But it's a it's like politics. Like we said on the podcast this week, it's all about politics. Because once you show that it's a double standard or it doesn't make any sense, then they lose power and then everyone just thinks of it as a joke. So the only way for them to really keep that in place is by keeping it as a rule. Can I also be honest in this one thing, Kev, I sorry to cut you off on this one, but the only thing I want to say is I was so not even giving a shit about the Olympics. And then this happened and I go, hold on, I'm intrigued now. Now I have a stance. Don't ask me about the other things because I have <laughs> no clue what's happening in that world. But I know that this lady needs to be able to compete. Go ahead, Gavin. What were you going to say? Just that it also seems to inherently attack black athletes and mm. black people. It just seems to always bubble up. And we know statistically that's not who uses it. Everyone uses it. Yet somehow it's continually. And that's what all the laws are based at. They were an ideological and pretty overtly racist attack. And somehow we end up with a sprinter that gets banned for 30 days because she smokes some weed after the event. It's crazy. Just crazy to me. I mean, we, we got it rough out here. <laughs> we got it pretty rough. I would also tell you this much. Uh, I do enjoy the fact that she was so forthcoming about it and owned up to it and said, like, yeah, you know, we talk a lot about athletes and their mental health. I'm going through some rough shit and I wanted to do it. And I made a clear and conscious choice. And I thought, wow. Opposite Michael Phelps. Who's like, what was this even in my hands? I thought it was a dildo. It was a bong, I guess. I don't know what I was doing. It's the same with Clinton. It's like, didn't the nail such horseshit. I agree. I like, it was like, yeah, I smoked a joint. Fuck off. I'm faster than you. I just hate when people say, "Well, it's the rules." I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I, I like, I just want to give those people a wedgie. Like, what do you mean? It's just the rules. Like, this is a stupid rule. I'm gonna go shove you in a locker now. Thanks. That's actually a sweet gesture by you because you're talented mm-hmm. of doing much more. So you could choke them or heel hook them. Just a little locker shove is just a nice lesson. Or I mean, the, even the, put the 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 hand over the face, Kevin. That is that is the stomach. Shirt. Well, <laughs> see, the hand over the face is actually merchandise that they sell. Ooh, um, nice. You would, That's I would say, one. children, go learn yourself uh, some whereabouts of where that came from. <laughs> Tim, I would ask you this because we have so much to cover, and I do want to make sure that I'm being clear on all things. But what is the thing that is bugging you the most in jiu-jitsu right now? I know that there's a lot to choose from. But you have a podcast, and sometimes you have to prioritize, and sometimes you get around to it, and sometimes you don't. But has there been an issue that has been at the forefront of your mind as an athlete and a high-level competitor? Well, I would say that the thing that bothers me about jiu-jitsu now, and it's always bothered me, is that it's not like other sports where – you can make a living just by being an athlete. It's very frustrating. Now, I understand the whole background as to why, but it is very frustrating because I watch basketball, right? And you guys know about Ben Simmons? Yes. And so does Raph. He sent me a meme. He's paying enough attention to the NBA playoffs (laughs) that we both are aware of what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay, so 
I was talking to my cousin the other day. He's like 13. He watches sports too. And he talks about how he plays soccer and his amount of training. And I told him the way I trained when I was a brown belt through early black belt and his jaw hit the floor. And then we were talking about basketball, how basketball players don't really train that hard Mm -hmm. or as often and put as many hours in. I mean, there's always exceptions like Kobe or Michael Jordan. But I look at a guy like Ben Simmons and your job is to play basketball, but you can't hit free throws and you can't shoot. And I just think to myself, wow, like it's obvious that you're not putting the work in. But I think about what I did, what a lot of guys that do jujitsu did to get to the top and how much work they put in and how much sacrifice and how, like, as far as if we comparing the grind, a Olympic athlete, jujitsu guy is doing way more than your typical, uh, you know, NBA, NFL athlete. And I just think, oh, wow, like all that work in and these guys have to have a second job or they have to have a school or a whole you know, some a lot of guys have sugar daddies and sugar mamas too. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's pretty frustrating to me. Oh, I'm sorry, I got distracted by the idea of having a sugar mama and really leapt into it. no, or a sugar <laughs> daddy for that matter. No, that's this is interesting because you you grinded out your career. For those that don't know, you you became a black belt under Lloyd Irvin. I used to train out of out of D.C. out there as well, Northern Virginia, with, with Andrew Correa. So we would see you occasionally, and you're sort of a local celebrity at that point. Your grind versus the way jiu-jitsu is accessible, how do you navigate those two worlds? Because you, uh, for those that don't know, hold on, let me plug it, timspriggsbjj.com. I think I got it. timspriggsbjj.com, where you can get access to the man Let's give him a teaser. How do you balance the modern jujitsu and the influx of accessibility to people versus sort of that old school grind? Well, I kind of stepped away from the grind. I'm pseudo retired from competition because I realized that, and my good friend Al Hogan, who runs Randori Jiu Jitsu uh, Academy, and he runs the Randori Jiu Jitsu Invitational that I do commentary for, he kind of said it best do you want to be michael jordan or the guy who writes michael jordan's checks and (laughs) i'm just turned 30 i don't feel like doing that grind anymore so what i decided to do is focus on things that are going to give me passive income or mailbox money or i'm going to be able to use my brain instead of using my body because your body is finite the mind is infinite so what i decided to do is focus on teaching and doing commentary I, I started teaching when I was a blue belt. I was teaching classes. I was teaching kids' classes. I was ahead of a whole kids' jujitsu team. And I figured out over time how to study film as well. And I learned that jujitsu works in a straight line from the beginning of the match to the submission. Everything in between is de- dependent on what each competitor does. There's not very many guys that do everything. If you looked at the Lucas Lepree match, there's only a handful of things that he does, but it's in a system. It's in a flow chart type uh, organization. And that's what I do when I teach people like a game plan. Like if I watch somebody, if I have a client, they want to get ready for a tournament, I watch their footage. Um, I do match critiques too. And I always thought about it as a fun exercise to do for myself, but now I've monetized it and I have clients that ask me to do it. So that's how I balance it. Because it's so accessible, because jiu-jitsu is so popular, 
I know that there's a market for people that want to accelerate the learning process. That's what helped me a lot, training after Lloyd Irvin. He simplified jiu-jitsu. So you grab here, you do this, this is your system, drill it. And we were unstoppable. Like I look at old matches and I think about all the times we had. We didn't really drill a whole bunch of different stuff. We drilled a hand full of things that were specific to each and every one of us. And that's how we got good. That's cool to hear. And I mean, I think the thing that's very interesting about your story, if people are not familiar with it, there's a special interview I did with you a long time ago that they can go look. But I think that they could also find that you went through a point where jujitsu wasn't going to matter to you. And then you came back and you still competed at a high level. So it's like now that you have this more information in your life and you're balancing what it is you want to do, you found an entirely new way to be interested in it and to contribute to it. So I think that's kind of cool. I think it's a smart thing to do because the body is not going to always play nice with what your brain always wants to do. So I think that's a hard thing to do. And plus, it's it's hard to explain to other people who are doing different sports or who watch other sports when you tell what we do. And I think the funniest thing is, before I go any further, I just want to say, any Ben Simmons memes that you guys have, please send them to me. <laughs> I don't think there's one that I have rejected. And I've sent maybe all of them to Kevin because I think there was one where they photoshopped him not looking at the basket and throwing at a completely 90 degree angles away from it. And I said, is that real? I'm a Ben Simmons defender, too. I was <laughs> until the playoffs. I was like, no, he'll figure it out. Maybe he shoots with the wrong hand, but he's, you know, 6'10", tenacity, Australian. <laughs> yeah. I thought that would make him tougher and not more no. passive, but I always forget. It's like Americans are the angriest motherfuckers on the planet, so you it's can't true. do that thing. And that was where, ah, it was brutal playoffs. Watching him pass up a completely open dunk was like, all right, well, we've <laughs> taken a step to the right <laughs> and passed it out to the perimeter now on accident as a collective group. Uh, low key, I think he's. I we'll see, but I'm calling. I I have an early instinct. He's going to end up on the Sacramento Kings. It's my it's my gut. Noted. We will get through the next two years of the NBA playoffs for 2021. Anyway, <laughs> Tim. Yes. What happens now is we're going to transition, but before we do, I know you don't know a lot about Kevin. I know you know more about me because I handle most of the social media stuff. So you and I have a Venn diagram of, oh, we both like pro wrestling. Oh, he likes this sort of stuff. Now he's a podcaster. That's cool. So you're familiar with a lot of my interests. I think it's yeah. important before you trash talk a person that you get to know them. So are there any questions that you have for Kevin that would help you to be the heel that we are going to ask you to be in a short amount of time? Um, okay. Well, uh, what are your fears or phobias? <laughs> Up front, I've been thinking <laughs> about this, too, because I was just in South Dakota. And I have to tell you, it's a group of people with those shirts that say, if you stomp on my flag, I'll stomp on your throat, all coming at me, demanding to see a record of my sexual history. I had a nightmare Wednesday that I haven't been able to unsee. So South Dakota taught me some things this weekend about what, what my true fears are. The second legit, I was just in the South 
it turns out I am massively afraid of gators, which, you know, given my jujitsu proclivities, isn't it's not my proudest moment. Well, they're technically dinosaurs, so that's a very valid fear. Thank you. They just rise up out of ponds in the south. It's not okay. No. Okay. It's pretty valid. It's going to be hard for me to make fun of that. Thank uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually relieved. I, you see the stories of people from the south, and I don't know, it's 50-50 with, with your jiu-jitsu acumen, that it's like, oh, gator spinning? It's a classic pastime. We get in there, they come at us, we swim underneath them real quick. They don't know what happened. It's like, what are you talking about? So I can only partially see you and DJ Jackson being like, is it gator spinning day? Is that how we get ready for ADCC? What do you think? Oh, Like looking at each other. So I'm relieved that you're on my side here. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, we're, we're from the suburbs slash city down here. Uh, no gator spinning. Amen. Same. That's why I was so scared of it. <laughs> the other are Arkansas drivers while merging, but that's a very specific fear. What were you doing in Arkansas? I forget that it's a state sometimes. I was driving through it, to your point. I was just trying to get to Florida, and it happened to be in the fucking way. So I had to drive all the way through it, and it's heat. It's the hottest place oh, wow. I've ever been in my, in my life. Oh, wow. Well, We've had to do a lot of driving between myself and Kevin throughout the greater parts of the United States. There were many times, and many of our fans know this, whenever they'd say, we have to go through Ohio. And I would always raise my hand without fail and go, do we have to? Kentucky's and they would say, beautiful. yes, we do. You could just ditch into Kentucky. And I get it. It's not going to be a highway or a road per se, but you could go to Kentucky. What's the worst state that you've had to go, go through or visit? Arkansas. We are getting there. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and Tim, kudos to you because we've had people in the past who, when Kevin is given the opportunity to be cross-examined here, goes straight to what is your jiu-jitsu background. You didn't do that. You went straight for the, the actual fears. <laughs> That's how confident so, he is. He is yeah, confident I have zero ability to get to – he doesn't have to worry about my jiu-jitsu. He's known that. He I senses think he that. that. I think yeah. he <laughs> <laughs> Tim, I will give you a chance for one last question, and then we're going to transition. Uh, what is the most embarrassing moment that you've had in your life? That's tough. You know, you think back to some drunken, naked interactions in your 20s. You think, do oh, the crowd wow. of people need to see that? Yeah, but I'm not there yet. I'm still ramping up. Those are just the things I'm not going to admit. Most insecurity, maybe. And insecurity, maybe. Might be, may that be better? I'd say it's too secure is the problem here. This is a, um, oh, wow. hey, I wish some insecurity crept in. It might keep the confidence at bay. This is sort of like I'm a heat check guy. There's an irrational confidence to it. It's like, Kevin, wow. are you prepared to sing in this? It's like, absolutely. Do you know how to sing? I do not, but I'm going to crush this. So move over. I'd, I'd have to say most embarrassing moment, and I've been thinking about this, but uh, okay, this is an adult show, Tim. I'm just going to say it. This is what comes to my mind. I was at an orgy not okay. too long ago, like right before the pandemic. I'm at a larger event where people are engaging in adult activities. And someone was leaving, and I was like, love the way you fuck, man, and went to give him a high five, and he looked at me like I was a psychopath. And that's when I realized I was too enthusiastic about the performance. It's very embarrassing. Well, I, I have my uh, fuel for the evening. 
<laughs> Thank you very I, much. I will say, I think at this point, it's time to transition to the game. Of Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's your good friend, Rafa Sparza. I will now walk you through the part of the show that we like to call Over Under Kevin. The rules are very simple. We go through the entire upcoming UFC pay-per-view card. We do it out of order, and we give each participant 15 seconds to say who they think is going to win. Now, granted, technically the person who gets the most correct picks wins, but we all know here, whoever actually talks the best amount of trash will be the people's champ. Now, if I so deem it, I will give each participant 15 seconds to say who they think is not only going to win, but then to respond in a form of cross-examination or rebuttal. Gentlemen, do you both understand the rules? Kevin, do you understand the rules? I understand that it's Poirier versus McGregor the threesome. I yes. saw mm-hmm. the title and was like, things are getting hot, and then I realized they just were titling the fights. Oh, no, it's just a trilogy, tough. Kevin. But okay, that's a that's a good misread on that one. Uh, Tim, do you understand the rule, sir? Yes, sir. All right. What we are going to do right now, we're going to start with. Oh, God, some of these names are going to be great tonight. Uh, We're going to start at Mm -hmm. the middle division. And the participants on this one are Alan Adam Dowski versus who? Yao Zong. These are fake names. I'm going to start with Kevin. You have 15 seconds on the clock. Go. You don't always go to the first fight in the card to lead us off. I, I dig this. Um, I had a lot of trouble because Yao Zong is a fucking awesome name. But Amadovsky looks like a serial killer. And that is typically my criteria for the fight. So I am going to actually stick with the serial killer stuff. And I'm going with Amadov. I can't say it either. How the fuck do you say this name? It's not a real name. Let's just be clear. Amendovsky. Thank you. Uh, Tim, 15 for you. I'm going to go with who? Yao Zong. Because I just looked at their height. Hu Yao Zong is six foot two. This is incredible to me. Uh, <laughs> looking at that name, I would have never thought he'd be over six feet tall. But here I am. I'm going to go with him just from height and reach alone. Wow, that reach. Can, I'm still going to go with who. What is the weight in this fight? Because what I see in ESPN, I had the same thought, by the way, Tim, but I was going with a Yao Ming situation. I was like, oh, he can't move side to side or fight. He's just good at shooting a hook shot. He's 6'3", 205 pounds. Obviously, he's 5'10", 185. They're fighting at a uh, catch weight somewhere between China and Poland. What is this? I, well, <laughs> here's what we're going to do. We're going to see what it looks like later this week because there are some people where I go, oh, good for them. They'll make that weight. And then you see them in the embeddeds or at the actual weigh-ins and you go, mm-hmm. Yep. Hard to think that was going to happen like that, but okay. Can I tell you the weirdest thing about this statistics I'm staring sure. at? Sure. Despite being 6'3 and 20 mm-hmm. pounds heavier, Amadovsky's reach is 74 inches. Yazong's is 72. But can he reach his face is the question. I do mm-hmm. believe within the 72 inches. He, yes, I, it's, <laughs> it does say face range here. Negative emoji. <laughs> Gents, we're going to move on. We're going to stick within the middleweight category, though. Tim, you start this one off, and it is between Omari 
Akhmedov and Brad Tavares. Go. Anybody that has a name that sounds like they wrestle in the mountains of Russia or the former Eastern Bloc, I'm betting my money on them. Okay. Akhmedov, I see the beard and the bald head. Definitely going with him. I just imagine he wrestles somewhat like Zangief from Street Fighter 2. So I'm going with Omari. <laughs> Kevin, what do you have for us? Got too excited when you started with Omari. I just was like, <laughs> oh, shit. We're doing the thing in the UFC where they fight celebrities, too. They can't fight. <laughs> we aren't. So I'm going to go with Tavares. Tavares, okay. Uh, Tim, I guess the question is, now that I'm thinking about it, if there was a celebrity version of grappling, is there a grappler that you think can be made out of a prominent celebrity? And if so, who would you like to face? Yeah, I was going to say, who do you want to fight? That you're like, yeah, this is my Logan Paul situation. You know, a celebrity that I always thought could fight is Chris Brown. Anybody that can do the block boy and then do a backflip and <laughs> just dance. You know what I mean? Like, I've seen his handiwork before. It looks like he can throw a punch or two. <laughs> so I'm going with Chris Brown. Like, he's just so crazy. And he's cracked out, which is like super serum for a fighter you know what i mean he's just he's got the reach athletic ability you know i'm going with chris brown people would always ask me they're like did you see that chris brown dance and i'd look at it i go you know i don't love the dance but it's athletic as fuck like that dude never stops and sometimes i think to myself you know that routine didn't need a backflip or <laughs> wires or wires with a black that backflip but you know it is what it is Kevin, you're going to go on this one. Welterweight bout. Nico Price versus Michelle Barilla. Go. This is tough because I have to go against Vegas. Okay. Because I have to go passion. Friend of the podcast, Nico Price, has to be the choice. And not just because of his top tail, which I'm calling his current hairstyle. It's like a top top bun. Ooh, that's better. Top okay. bun. Top bun. All right. Works for me. Tim, top bun. you. Is Michael Pereira the one that does all that crazy stuff in the ring? Usually, yes. I'm going to go with him just for craziness. Like, <laughs> I, I just can imagine him doing some weird new move that no one's ever seen before, but it's unstoppable and just winning the fight <laughs> off of that. So I'm going to go with Michelle Pereira. Mm. Kevin, what have you learned about Tim's picking so far? They scare me a little bit, mm -hmm. just in general. So I do, uh, you know, I'm tempering. A little bit of my shit talk, Raph. Okay, that's fair. I, I'm not even trying to get up into the idea that, you know, um, Tim's retired from the fight game. So maybe he's gotten a little soft. <laughs> Quasi-retired. Quasi-retired. Maybe he's, Quasi. it's BJJ goons. You know, he seems to be taking a whimsical take. Who got in trouble with these? I would have gotten away with it. If it wasn't for the BJJ goons, I'm getting a Scooby-Doo vibe. Uh, <laughs> he just sounds softer to me. That's all I'm Let's say. also just say this real quick. I don't want to make sure that I preface this while Tim is on the show. When people like Raph, you like, what do you think? You are, do you think you're? I go, I'm not. But when we're talking just podcasters in jujitsu, I can hang. I'll be fine. I would like to add the exception that now that you're like a real podcast that's on a hundred of these, I have to preface it for people like you when I'd be like, oh, I can hang with other jujitsu artists, except for the following. <laughs> <laughs> So if you ever hear me say that, and I do say it a lot, know that you're an exception, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, uh, I've covered that. Thank you We're so going much, to the next. <laughs> yeah, please. I'm sure it really means a lot to you not to be 
terrified of anything I would do. It warms my heart, just, really. It warms I my just, heart to hear that. I like the fact that for a while, before people like you and other athletes decided to do some podcasts, I would look at the surveying area of journalists or MMA podcasters or other podcasters, and I'd go, you know, I'm not great, but I think I'd be okay with a few of these guys. And then when I would train with them, I'd go, are they really as bad as I think? And then I'd, uh, you know, I'd train and I'd go, well, they're not good either. So that's um, good company. So that's good. There should we be go a super a- fight card with uh, BJJ podcasters. Believe you me. <gasps> Can I've we have had... a team at one of those uh, team events when it's Quintet? like Quintet? It's the BJJ podcast. You're on that team, Tim. Yeah, You're on it. <laughs> I don't know that Raff or I are, but you are on that team. Awesome. Let's do it. I have famously told people. Can we coach it one... in suits, Raph? Like oh, it's, uh... yeah. oh, yeah. We're team captain coaches. <laughs> yeah, we we oh, don't want to do any fighting unless I go fifth. And we yeah. just really put we put Tim fourth. Uh, who else can we really? Watson probably is in there. Let's put him early. Mm-hmm. We need a leg locker. We need somebody that really attacks the legs second. I'll I'll work on that part. But awesome. I, I do know the one thing that people have thrown around because every once in a while when you have a show, people assume certain things and they'll be like, "Oh man, Raph, I want to super fight with you," and I'm like, "You want negative ratings?" That's I don't believe I'm a draw in that way. I'm a draw in this. And they're always like, oh, man, I just and I've had like people who are just hobbyists who send us messages who are like, oh, man, we need you or Kevin in a super fight. I was like, not interested. Like, no, we are not going to Jake Paul our way through this. Thank you, though. However, for the right price, we would talk, but it would have to be a nifty price. And guess what? Jiu-Jitsu doesn't have money, so probably not going to see it, kids. Women's bantamweight bout between Irene Aldana and Yana Kunitskaya. Tim, you go first. I'm going with Yana Kunitskaya. I haven't watched either one of them fight. I just picked the prettier of the two. I apologize. It's all right. Is that going to get me canceled? Mm, I'll tell you this much. I think there's already been about four things that have been cancelable, and I don't think they've come from you. Uh, So, uh, Kevin, what do you got? Uh, if anything, the podcast will get canceled. But I'm going to go with Irene, so we're safe. And I'm going to go with it based off of fighting acumen. And I think you should always pick the less attractive fighter. That's what I do with guys. I mean, <laughs> someone. <laughs> who was the pretty guy that did the podcast with Karen Bryant? Oh, you're talking about uh, the Disney prince, Alan Joban. I was talking about Joban. Short fight career. You know why? Too pretty. You don't want to come in there with everything going for you. You want to come in with like, is that elbow, is that eyebrow thing messed up? So, you know, just be careful. It's true. Yeah. I mean, I would if say- you're ugly, chances are you got picked on a lot growing up because you're ugly. So you probably had to learn how to fight at one point. Hey, stop. I feel attacked. If you were chubby <laughs> in middle school, yeah, you were probably bullied. And it maybe resulted in some fights. I'm going to quickly transition before this is called. Oh, did Macaulay Culkin go to fight camp? Some jerk said to me, fat (sighs) camp. It was fat camp. I'm sorry. I stepped on that. uh, I was about to say, I was like, did you go to a fight camp? Like, what kind of. He said fat camp. It hurt more. No, I know. Yeah, but when Kevin stumbled upon saying 
fight camp, I was like, what parents are saying? Oh, wish, I know. Yeah, you actually I actually wish I had gone to fight camp as a seventh grader. <laughs> that would have been great. That would have been very helpful for my <laughs> self-esteem. And you can only imagine, given the people in our community, what those fight camps would have looked like for children. So oh. just saying. We move on. It's a welterweight bout between friend of the show, Carlos Condit, and Max Griffin. Kevin? Why do you do this? You make me right, go listen, first. Just to... <sighs> Well, in a true case of I don't know if height's going to lead to anything, I've been riding with him long enough that I just feel <laughs> out of loyalty. I have to say Carlos got it. It's fair. The natural born killer is back out of retirement, which we do <laughs> not advise. I believe we invited you to the jujitsu industry right. where you don't get punched anymore. And he said, no, I'm going to go fight third in the prelims and get this over with. So I'm going with Carlos Condit. <laughs> you know, well, uh, go ahead, right. Tim. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I'm looking at the ages, and they're very close in age. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I don't think it's a matter of experience as a matter of how much CTE each of them has. <laughs> and whoever has the least is probably going to win. So I'm going to go with Max Payne Griffin. I do, think that's his Do time. you know what the difference is in total fights? Mm. 45, uh, 45 to 25. They might be yeah. similar in age, but they are dissimilar in damage taken. And my man Condon's the veteran coming in here with probably 30 more fights. Crazy. That guy has been fighting since I was in high school Damn. or middle school, as a matter of fact. I, I, I vividly remember him fighting in other places other than the UFC. Yeah. So yeah. 32 yeah. and 13 is the official UFC record, which means there's 15 more fights on the back end of that. Of course. Yeah. It also is a hard thing for us here on the show because he is near and dear to us. He was one of like our early guests when we first started and he couldn't have been nicer. And when he started doing this whole jujitsu thing on the side, we kept being like, bro, come on. Come on. Do you still think, he, do you think he still has the press guy? Uh, you know, I don't think he has that press guy anymore. Awesome. I think <laughs> okay, good, 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 good. inside Tim, baseball, but we weren't signed anything. We can, we can say whatever we want a decade yeah. later. Mm-hmm. Hope Tim, you got a new press guy. You know, his press guy at the time came on after we interviewed him in person and we were doing a bit with him because Kevin just loved him. So I was like, dude, uh, Carlos, Kevin kind of has like a fake crush on you on the show. And he's like, oh, got it, dude. And played along with it. He was great. Afterwards, I said, hey, man, we're coming up on our 50th episode. Could we grab you? And he's like, oh, my God. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Like, let's do that. Let's do that. And uh, his press guy at the time gets on the phone with us and he goes, you have 14 minutes with him. And I go, oh, yeah, okay, well, we can work with that. Two days later when I'm checking in, I said, hey, I just want to make sure we're on for tomorrow. Uh, yeah, 10 minutes. Oh. We get him on the air, and he's like, hey, before I put uh, Carlos on, it's eight minutes. Eight minutes. Thanks, and if you go eight one minutes. minute over, we'll just cut the call. We're like, all right, you're fun. Hi. <laughs> and I don't know if you've ever tried to do comedy, let alone comedy with a guest that is not known for being funny, but who can play along if you have time. It's literally like just... You don't even do the setup. You just throw the punchlines, as many punchlines as you can get. And to his credit, could not be nicer. So 
I think he's done with that press guy. I think he's far more accessible now. I'm sure we'll bring him back on at some point because we have a lot of similar friends. Nonetheless, Tim, what have you learned the most about Kevin thus far? He has shitty takes as far as picking who's going to win. Because okay. I, I think I'm going to beat him pretty soundly. Uh-oh. By well, points, not... which is Tim's MO. I'll just point oh, out. No. I don't think oh, I'm going to get wow. submitted here. <laughs> oh, no. He's retired, Kevin. <laughs> Leave him alone. Okay? Hey, bro. Hey, bro. Points are not. People still pay to see me. When's the last time you main evented? It's well for fighting, <laughs> never. Gibbs <laughs> <laughs> like, well, if you come down to Zany's at eight p.m., there I was this open mic back. that used uh, to book me a lot. They really love me, all eight of them. Hey, you know, Here's some good right. news, gentlemen. We're gonna go to the next fight, and even though there is some bad blood here, they are two very likable people in our sport. It is your co-main event: Gilbert Burns, Stephen Thompson. Tim, you lead us off on this one. I'm actually putting 23 oh, awesome. seconds on the clock. Go. Wait a minute. You think Stephen Thompson is likable? I don't. Okay. So I, I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm going to go with Gilbert Burns. Okay. Go with Gilbert Burns, just because he almost broke my leg in half when I was a blue belt, and Gilbert he's a did? beast. Yes. What did he do? Uh, you got to tell that. Well, uh, you remember Naga? I, mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if they oh, still yeah. have Nagas with those so, badass belts. Love yeah, yeah, they have very awesome belts. And I was a blue belt, and I got put into the advanced division of Nogi. And this is right after Gilbert Burns had beat the hell out of Crone Gracie at Worlds. And I had to wrestle him. And he put me in a knee bar and almost snapped my leg in half. <laughs> so I'm going with Gilbert Burns. <laughs> That's amazing that you still find it within you to go for Gilbert Burns. We'll get to your Stephen Thompson take shortly, but Kevin, go. Oh, I'm going to go with Stephen Thompson. I love that you don't like him, and I don't care at all. But from a, from a rage tattoo perspective, I feel like Gilbert Burns is overcompensating. And I would dare ask him to try that knee bar move now on you a few years later. So I'm actually going to... I don't feel great about this because the last time I gambled on Steven Thompson, he fucked me. Mm-hmm. He treated mm-hmm. me like Leo gets in the drive through. This was a lethal mm-hmm. weapon three. That's a lethal weapon two or three joke. It was brutal, but I'm going with Steven Thompson. I'm back on the train. Tim. Yes. Why? Why? Mm-hmm. Why don't I like Steven Thompson? Mm-hmm. Well, he almost got beat to death by Tyron Woodley and then, proceeded to say that he deserved a rematch <laughs> and he does the whole i'm a nice guy routine i'm like bro just go away like you get you get beat up all the time like if you if you don't play freeze tag in the in the cage you're just like getting your ass handed to you or, or getting knocked so about like oh i deserve a title shot i'm so active this man is almost 40 and only has 20 professional fights not very active. Sorry. Okay. Some of those are statistics that are less indicative of being nice. But what I would say to you, though, is this, Tim. Like, I, in terms of people that I am actively wanting to make fun of, he doesn't hit high on my register. Oh. I think the things versus that you bring the person up, that leads off this card. We're going to talk about it because I'm with <laughs> this is interesting. I just don't like Stephen Thompson's face. 
This is uh, okay. This is I actually. Would, now I would take you for sure. Like, there's a fifty-fifty chance if you got him on the ground, that's not a good fight for him. 50-50. MMA-wise. No, I'm no. saying MMA-wise. You have to get through the, the barrage of fists. No, no, Kev. I think you forgot the part that you said, take him down, thus taking the striking. 50-50. Oh, uh, no, no. If we're on the ground, the odds oh, go significantly man. higher. But I, I, I just feel good in general about your down. chances in that fight. And you're still saying, even with that considered, it's a coin flip for Tim. So here's where I want to say, Tim. This is the sneaky part about Kevin. Kevin is one of those heels that when you do see him, the crowd cheers and then he might say something that's pretty fucked up. And then they go, wait, is he insulting us? So that is Kevin's gift. So if Kevin was to be a professional wrestler and I was to be his manager and you better believe it would have to go that way. It would be in those lines of having him almost be the like, how am I a heel? (laughs) <laughs> who, who thinks I suck? <laughs> I'm the best. <laughs> and Kev, I got to tell you, there would be a very, very warm market for you in this world. But OK, so we've got a few fights left. I think it's time that we tell you, though, Tim, there is normally a wager. Now, granted, it's never a financial one because jujitsu podcasts. But Kevin, can you give some examples of some wagers that you've had with previous guests? Well, the last one, I lost to I lost to one Carla, I lost to G Baby, and they they also he does a podcast, um, and we were supposed to like the the loser had to do a one minute promo. Well, simultaneously, Raph and I had been asked to do this like, what's your favorite podcast thing for another show? And it was like, okay, well, what a chance for Raph to give an honest answer, and me to pay back my wager. So I gave a pretty earnest uh, endorsement of a podcast I, in fact, know to be new and potentially not my favorite. Prior to that, I definitely made Dan Martinez chug some Natty Isas. That was his fault. He was talking shit on my natural lights I was drinking on air. He let himself right down that path and then couldn't back it up. Um, I crushed Gabe Green, and I am still waiting on his which show he would be a part of. I'll work on that. Thank you. Uh, the Gabe Gifted Club. Let's see. I crushed Joe Selecki. He already knows what he owes. And I came to a complete tie with Kai Kamaka. So we both have to endorse White Claw Seltzers, even though we both pretty unanimously agree that's not a good drink. So, Tim. It's like a social media bet, basically. Yeah, I mean, there's some t-shirt exchanges. There's a lot of different things we've done oh, over the years. Oh, I did get a Dark Clan jiu-jitsu shirt that rocks you did now tim without saying what it is if you do have one in mind do you have a bet in mind a bet in mind um i have something in mind if i win okay that that is promising that is good okay so here's what we're gonna do i'm gonna have you hold on that one you can refine it in your head because we usually defer to the guests unless they come up with really dumb ideas then i take control again but uh, we have a few more fights, and then we'll get to that. But first, Kevin, you're going to tell us who's winning in this women's flyweight bout between Jennifer Maya and Jessica I. Go. Can I get someone from the records to tell me, is, if, is this of the Maya lineage? Is this like his sister, cousin that's badass? You know what? Just to be safe, I'm going with Maya. I don't want to piss off the jujitsu gods again. 
they took my shoulder last time I picked against Damien. I'm just I'm just gonna go with the mind. <laughs> oh. you take your shoulder when you picked against him. Uh, Tim, what do you got for us? Uh, I'm going with whoever has the better nickname, and Jessica Evil Eye is a very good nickname. You know, making a shitty last name into a pretty cool nickname is very talented. Shows a lot of talent. Tim has picked up very quickly on how you're supposed to pick properly in this fighting game. So I'm very proud of you, Tim. It's, it's very some, nice integrations. Yeah, if someone's last name was Grit, you put True in front of it. Yeah, it's good. Idea. Oh yeah, yeah. Nope. yeah, oh, it's, yeah. it's the terrible idea. If their Middle last name now. was the Future, they couldn't call it. Ba- anyway, go ahead. Middleweight bout. Tim's going to tell us who's going to win between De Circus De Plesis, and Trevin Giles. Oh my gosh. Uh I'm just going to go with the old standby reason for picking a fight or fighter. Always bet on black. I'm going with Trevor Giles. God, I have to watch that movie again soon. Thank you for reminding me of that. Uh, <laughs> Kevin, what do you have for us? You know what? I'm going to join him in this endeavor. Uh, I don't trust that name. I don't, I don't know what that is. Vricus no. Duplicis <laughs> sounds like a French monument that I also don't want to see. So I, definitely... I'm sticking with guys on this one, too. He's probably drinking wine and eating smelly cheese right now. Well, that, that sounds awesome. Don't try and change my mind on him. <laughs> I was actually, that's, uh, no, I'm going to stick with Giles. You know what's really dumb is normally when I look at these names and I try to like figure out how I'm going to fuck them up when I read it out loud, that's one where I said, man, even on my best day, there's no way I make something funnier than what the real name is. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of which, <laughs> gents, we get to the next point fight and this one is between sugar sean o'malley versus rando go kevin yeah i'm i'm guess i'm gonna go with o'malley because i like him over a dark figure named mutinho they don't mm. even pictured that's not good do you know why that is kevin why oh i'll tell you time paused sean so. o'malley is minus 800 in vegas yes he is minus 800, which means if you think that unnamed Mutino can win, you should put money on him. So here's what you need to know. Sean uh, had a, a fight that was all set and done. He was going to fight Louis Smoka, and that was supposed to go down, and that seemed like it was supposed to be a thing. Well, on June 29th, Smoka withdrew due to an undisclosed injury, and there was a assortment of people who jumped out from the UFC who said, I'd like that fight. Why not give it to me? Let me kill this hype train. And then they found somebody who was not in the UFC. In fact, the Wikipedia page says he was replaced by a promotional newcomer, Chris Mountain Ho. Now, as a result of this, we have to pay money for this part of the pay-per-view. Like, there were people within the UFC who could have fought him. And yet, even at a catchweight, anything else, but it seemed like the UFC didn't want to catch weight and neither did Sugar Sean. I get that, but there's so many other fucking fighters. They would literally throw their lives at this shit. And they did. And yet, here we are. Anyway, having said that, Tim, who do you have? Uh, if I recall, mm-hmm. Sean O'Malley. He's a guy who had to get carted off with a twisted ankle. Yes. You know, if it wasn't just a disembodied name next to Sean O'Malley, I would pick him, but just off of principle alone. And I stand corrected. Stephen Thompson is not the least likable guy on this card. It's definitely Sean O'Malley. <laughs> yeah. 
but I want to win this rate wager, so I'm gonna go with the guy with the rainbow hair. He's like a white Takashi six nine in this picture. <laughs> he is exactly that. Yes, but not as uh, I mean, just not as good at rapping, probably, and you know. No, but you can guarantee that in the back of a car he is rapping. Yeah, for real. <laughs> so I'm gonna go with Sean O'Malley, unfortunately. I dig that. All right, we're going to go to a featherweight bout. This one's between Ryan Hall. And Ila Tupuria. Who do you have, Tim? Uh, I'm going to go with Ryan Hall because he seems as though he's the type of person in the fight game that would only take fights unless he was absolutely certain that he could outgrapple them and was in no danger of getting his head knocked off. So I'm going to go with Ryan Hall. <laughs> Noted. Kevin, who do you have on this one? It was a compliment insult. I dug it. I loved it. It didn't even go anywhere near the weird uh, happy trail that goes from his neck down to his toes. I'm going with Taporia. Mm. You don't know until it's over. And eight and one. I I'm going with Taporia. I have a weird feeling about this one. Speaking of a weird feeling, we're getting towards the last two. So get your Conor McGregor take ready to go in about thirty seconds, gents. But here's a heavyweight bout. Between Ty Tuivasa and Greg Hardy. Ooh, I didn't even know this fight was happening. Go out for it, Kevin. This is a... Okay, I've been talking a lot of shit on UFC cards. My record's clear. Mm -hmm. I feel like they're just like hiring people off Craigslist to try and fight for the interim title at heavyweight now. This is a good card. Well, yeah, outside of the O'Malley thing (laughs) and the other fight going on. Um, This is a good card. Legit, top to bottom... Tai Tuivasa would headline every other card they have. That's what his thing has been. This is good. I am going with Tai Tuivasa because you know I vote against Greg Hardy for political reasons. I'm not trying to get canceled quite as aggressively as uh, other people on the show. So I am going with Tai Tuivasa <laughs> for the same reason. I guess I well I picked four Sean O'Malley. I'm a hypocrite, ref. I'm going with Tai Tuivasa. Let's put it this way, Kevin. Uh, the only thing against uh, Tai Tuivasa is the fact that he can't do a shoey, I guess, in this COVID environment. Maybe he will. You know what? Now that I think about it, he's probably going to try and do it. It's going to get weird. Tim, who do you have? I'm going to go with Tai Tuivasa. Vavasa, my bad. Uh, because Greg Hardy, he doesn't have a gas tank. He can't mm-hmm. grapple, and he doesn't know the rules. So I'm going to go with Tai. <laughs> uh, I can't wait to see him do a shoey. I, this is a fight you would see in the back alley of a liquor store, <laughs> and I'm all for it. It's a wino I, fight. You know what's they great about should this? give the winner a whoever, whatever beers sponsoring the fight. You are right. This is a liquor store fight. That is a hundred percent. Whoever gets it, it's like, and here is your forty of and taking agreed. home a forty of Modelo. Brood for those with a fighting spirit is going to be tied to Avasa. Yeah. We will now get a <laughs> second fight in de- the backyard of the UFC. It's definitely got giving me bum fights vibes. It is no. a little bit. Can I say something though, Tim? When you put it like that for Greg Hardy, it does beg the question: Why is he fighting? Because you think those are the elements that maybe you need to be a fighter. You know, he keeps winning. Have some stand up, right? Have some grappling, or very least know the rules i think it's at this point that ufc is kind of like a circus and he's like an nfl player he was really good in the nfl like all pro caliber you know he got in a little bit of trouble so he just goes into a cage i think it's just from name value alone that they put him in there yeah 
And he's just probably getting served up to tie to Avasa because he's pretty uh, interesting character. Yeah. And they're probably imagining if fate works out the way it should, they get a clip that they can play. True. So there are some people that sometimes I look at fights and I go, oh, I know that you're happy you got this fight. But the rest of us know you will be on Instagram in two days. Okay. Good to know. Gents, we are at the main event now. I'm excited for this. And I'll I tell like you all's confidence in Tuivasa. I'm a little, I'm a little worried. So I'm, I'm glad y'all are there. Here's what I'm telling you, Kevin. You're talking about Greg Hardy doing something right, whereas the rest of the world is thinking, what else could go wrong? Because yeah. that's how Greg Hardy wins fights. Okay. That's just, I mean, glass half full, empty. However you take it. Gents, the main event is here, and it is going to give 30 seconds on this clock for you to tell me the who, what, where, when, and why of who wins the trilogy bout between Dustin Poirier. Let me start us off, sir. Wait, who starts off? Sorry, you. Uh, Tim. All right, perfect. (sighs) This is a tough one. I'm going to go with Dustin Poirier. Uh. I think that he's grown as a fighter and continues to grow. Uh, I don't think it was a fluke last time, although I'm pretty sure that Conor McGregor wasn't training, but he was drinking whatever, but proper 12 and snorting cocaine on that Portuguese yacht the whole camp. But I think that Dustin is just that darn good. So I'm going to go with Dustin. Kevin, will you take the same journey or do you have a possibility in which Conor McGregor returns to form. So this is tough because <laughs> I still feel like the fix was in with that fight with Cowboy Cerrone. Mm-hmm. And I can't help but marvel at the fact that fight one and fight two went so contrasting. So every part of me wants to pick Dustin the Diamond Poirier. Big Mm -hmm. part of one of my favorite MMA documentaries of all time, but I can't do it because money and the Illuminati Mm -hmm. and George fucking Bush are just so powerful that I really feel like McGregor's going to walk away with the win in this one. In the same way that the Lakers walked away with the 70, the the 88 series. No, no. It no. really felt like the refs were there for everybody's oh, ushering God. of the Lakers, right? It was a coronation. So I'm going to go with McGregor with that asterisk of, I think this is an Illuminati decided fight. I'm going to point out that your analysis of the Lakers not only angers the fact that I have certain rules on this show, one of which is, Please do not bring up the M- the NBA more, Kevin. Okay. And when I bring on a guest and we talk a little bit about the NBA and he brings it up naturally, it is fine to talk about. <laughs> Number two, if you are going to bring up the NBA, I will not stand for the slander on the Lakers. Thank you. <laughs> we have enough people across the other part of L.A. who will do that for us. Appreciate it. <sighs> and third... What if it is an Illuminati fight? Mm-hmm. Shit. I don't think we're prepared for that. Tim, are you excited for the fight, though? I know that you 
feel like Dustin, I mean, it would seem like the momentum is on his side because he's been actively fighting. He's gotten so much better over the years continuously. He does seem. He seems what, Raph? We lost yeah. him. Wait, do we lose him wholesale? In wholesale? What the fuck happened no. there? What did you say? Uh. <laughs> he said he seems. Every time you're about to make a point, your noun cuts out. I don't know what's happening. Uh. We lose him again. Breath. Hello. Breath, are you there? Long story short, I am here. Sorry. No, you're good. Tim and I are okay. just wandering in the dark here. Hope it. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, Tim, are you excited for the fight, though? You know, I kind of not excited for fights where it's such a gap between the first time they fought and then the most recent one, mm-hmm. the guy got starched. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is kind of a setup fight. For Dustin, it's kind of a lose-lose for him in a way. Because if he beats Connor's ass again, the whole narrative is just going to be, okay, you beat a guy that's kind of washed. Because the last guy that I thought that Connor beat clean was uh, Cowboy Cerrone, really, yeah. for being honest. And Cowboy, he's washed, too. Uh, and this is kind of a gimme. It might be an Illuminati, Illuminati fight for Connor so that he can get back in the title picture. But I would be excited to see Dustin dust him off because, you know, a fight with Dustin and uh, the current 155 champion would be very intriguing. And I'd be very intrigued into where Connor goes after this if he gets beat, let alone if he gets knocked out or finished. Yeah. Somebody was asking if he would retire. Kevin, do you think that Connor would retire if he loses this? No. That's how I don't I don't see the narrative of him losing. It is so bizarre to me because of the highest paid athlete stuff, the what the next step is to me. I think it goes completely the other way. I think if Dustin Poirier knocks him out, it is shattering. He is just a criminal that hasn't won in 10 years. I honestly think people are gonna be like, well, he's just a Irish speaker and people must love an accent. And that does it for you in the UFC. I think this would ruin his legacy. If he gets ass stomped here, it's the last payday of his career in terms of fighting. That's oh, my opinion. see, I don't uh, think that. Here's what I think. I think if he loses, I don't think it's as dramatic as he retires. I think it's, hello, Paul brother. Like, I think that's hmm. the reality that we see. Because or he'll be at me, WrestleMania. Oh, don't, don't you. Don't you say that. Don't you tease <laughs> that. Listen, that man has been made for WWE. And Vince, you know. Knows very little about all things UFC, but knows enough to go, let's put that man on right now. So there's a part of me that would love to see Connor in WWE and let him do his nonsense in perfect suits and be Ric Flair 3.0. 3.0? I'm going to fill it in for you. (laughs) Every time he goes to make a point. Yes. It's Illuminati. It's the Illuminati. They're silencing you, Raph. Go back and listen to this episode. People were like, shit, they are. 3.0. I think we lost him again. Again, yeah. Yeah. How did you lose me again? You're back. Okay. Sliding out of our lives. It's almost like auto drive on a Tesla. It's like occasionally (laughs) the, the, the audio waves take over. It's happening. Well, let's do this. Kevin, tell us your two performances of the night and one fight of the night in the event we have a tie. 
Yeah, well, I'm going performance of the night first to Ivasa. He's going to knock out um, um, someone who could be the head coach of the Dallas Mavericks with his record. Then I am – this one's tough. And, by the way, for the categories, I, I know it's Tim Spriggs. I named him the 76ers in this case, and I named myself the Suns. So that's how I'm feeling. Okay. feeling okay. I'm feeling me. Tui Vasa. Next up, this is going to be a good one, Brad Tavares. Finally, fight of the night, uh, McGregor Poirier, because somebody's got to get paid from that that group. There's a, there's, I'm sure they have some sort of weird – celebrity sorority i don't know thing written into their contract yeah what a charity whatever that didn't actually happen who cares <laughs> who cares Fuck them kid yeah that i that that yeah. remains raf and i were right when they did uh when they finished condit when they <laughs> condit when they finished the second chapter of this fight no one gives a shit about we were like they're gonna come up with something to make this dramatic and it was his it was Conor McGregor donating to a charity, and it was the worst anyone's ever done to try and build drama for a fight. It sucked. <laughs> it's like, well, Dustin Poirier didn't donate. He didn't get the money from his charity. It's like, I hate every part of this. <laughs> Tim, what do you have for us? We need two performances of the night and one fight of the night, sir. All right, I'm going to start with fight of the night. It's going to be tied to Ivasa versus Greg Hardy. Like I said, I'm getting strong bum fight vibes from this one. <laughs> uh, performance of the night, I think they're serving it up for Sean O'Malley to do something spectacular than smoke a joint in the middle of the octagon afterwards. <laughs> uh, yes. As far as another performance of the night, I'm going to go with Dustin Poirier because I think he's going to starch Connor again. Doubling so, down on that. Well done. Look double at that. down, yes. It's a double down while also giving a strong analysis, almost as if it's scripted in some way, Kevin, and that I'm not going to say Illuminati vibes are happening here, mm -hmm. Tim, but you do seem to have a familiarity with what could happen. So if it does go down like this next week, we will have questions for you. So, <laughs> Tim, we asked you earlier if you had a bet in mind. Now is the time to tell us. Do you have that same bet in mind or did you come up with something different in the time since we brought it up okay if i win you mm. guys have to promote my podcast mm, okay. on your podcast yeah i think that's easy enough kevin yeah okay so let me go over to my idea here um <laughs> yeah oh, well that, that gets in with um okay i was saying like he should have to do a five-star review but can i say okay we'll promote your podcast contrary if i win I want you so, to I want you to display your best what would you do to get your opponent to verbally tap? I want a two minute technique video dedicated to us <laughs> at your man verbal here's how I elicit a verbal tap. Whatever it is you do, whether it's just good old fashioned knee sternum pressure, uh face on the hand until they start making enough noises that you're like, that counts. Your call. Uh, you know, I we I'm not gonna tell Picasso how to paint. Also, you just have to do a two-minute video on uh, making your favorite verbal tap. We'll make it clear. You can do a plug to your website on that, too. I have no issue with that. Oh, that's, that sounds awesome. You know, I'm relieved that you gave me that option because I was afraid you were going to ask me to go to an orgy with you. And then I would have had to look <laughs> like a pussy and veto it. But uh, I'll take that one. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, the beautiful part about this show is. <laughs> Hold on, Rev. I want to redo go this. Go ahead, I want to completely redo <laughs> this. Let me reset. If I win, Tim, you have to come do an orgy with me. And I only Pretty say hilarious. that because, uh, you know, sometimes it's hard to find guys to be at the right event. But. It is really silly to at least get to the part of the show where people go, what is the man of the wager? And then, like, if my mic had cut off and they didn't know that anything had happened after that, they would have been like, what the fuck happened there? Anyway. <laughs> hey, bro, just no high fives. That's my only rule. <laughs> Fair. So, that's good advice. Him. That's good advice in general for those out there. I'm like, also that's the one takeaway sure. this episode, right? I'm also very sure that in the realm of COVID, orgies are way more like... Like it is when we have it in the entertainment industry. I will tell you this. Like Working in entertainment, concert. there is nothing better. Thank you, COVID, for this one thing, which is there are teams of COVID departments that show up in between takes or commercial breaks. And there are COVID people who go, would you like some sanitizer? Can I get you some? Do you need a mask? And I go, yeah, this should happen all the time. Holy fuck. It's like having a permanent bathroom attendant following you around that just goes, hey, you want a mint? And being like, yeah, dude, I'm good. Thanks, man. I've never realized how good that is on set until this happened. So one good thing. Tim, here's how it works. We are going to take the next week to go watch this fight. Would you like to come back next week? We always offer the opportunity for people who come on to do the Over Under Kevin segment to talk the fights after. Absolutely. I can't wait to rub my victory in his face. <laughs> I will tell you this much. Tim, the boldness in which you speak and the fact that you are giving Illuminati vibes. My third eye is open. It is <laughs> making me concerned for the comeuppance that could still happen here. Never forget good pro wrestling lore is they always chase until WrestleMania. So it is interesting to see what will happen i guess that next week tim where can people find you where can people go check out your show and check out your website sir okay you can find me at timspriggsbjj.com where i provide my virtual and in-person coaching you can also find me at timspriggsbjj on instagram or facebook and i co-host the bjj go bjj goons podcast with nico ball and we drop every monday at midnight that's uh, Monday, like 12 a.m. And we also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash Goons, where we have exclusive content. I teach techniques. We have bonus episodes. We do live Q&As with our patrons, all that good stuff. Well, that is great. Did we lose you, Raph? Raph, you there? <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't have a fourth sentence in it. Well, that is great. And, Tim, you've been... <laughs> hustling and fighting your ass off for a long long time and if you don't yeah. believe me go to timspriggsbjj.com click on the about me section and just take a look at his resume it's impressive sir and we welcome you to the bjj podcast realm though we're obviously angry you're doing it just because competition <laughs> right you got it you're on a corner now, too many so. goddamn shows let's just be clear too many and you have certain skill sets we can't compete with, including the <laughs> <laughs> champion's acumen, as he pointed out. Uh, but that's going to do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and good fight.
The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... Please note, the new number is...